Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Air freight was the bright spot in air transport for 2020. As the market adapted to keep goods moving, including vaccines, personal protective equipment, and vital medical supplies, despite the massive drop in capacity from the bellies of passenger aircraft. Airlines transport over 52 million metric tons of goods a year, representing more than 35% of global trade by value, but less than 1% of world trade by volume. The International Air Transport Association, or IATA, a trade association of the world's airlines founded in 1945, plays a key role in the facilitation of global trade, working closely with its airline members and their cargo divisions. My guest today is Brandon Sullivan, the new global head of cargo at IATA. Brandon's appointment to the top cargo job at IATA came in almost five months after Glenn Hughes chose to leave that position in January this year. I'm so happy to have Brendan join us in this episode of Cargo Masterminds. Brendan, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Such a pleasure to have you join us in this episode. Thank you very much and a pleasure to see you again. Brendan, let's uh, start with what was the brief to you when you were appointed as the global head of cargo at IATA? My brief was, was really quite simple and straightforward. We have three key priorities for the industry. So that's the safety and security side, in particular lithium batteries, digitalization across the industry and sustainability. And, and so my brief was really quite to the point, which is um, to, to make sure that they are fit for purpose, that that works for the air cargo industry. Uh, they're aligned to the industry needs. Uh, and then probably most important, that we, we deliver on them. So we have work plans in each of those areas to make sure that we can actually get them uh, into the industry, gain traction and deliver value uh, for the industry. And so my brief was do that. Uh, very straightforward, very to the point, uh, but, but very important for the industry. Brendan, did you expect to be pulled up and promoted to this role because you were appointed as an interim head of uh, cargo after Glenn left the job in January this year? I had a pretty unique opportunity actually to come in as, as the interim uh, head. And, and prior to that, the, the operations role and e-commerce really worked with everybody in the cargo team. So I certainly saw that there was a, a, an opportunity and a challenge ahead of me and something I really, really wanted. I feel very passionate about the industry. And I really wanted to make sure that, uh, that this was something uh, that, that uh, I could help the industry uh, from this place, from this position. And, and so I'm really honored to have been selected. You have uh, close to 20 years uh, air cargo experience working also in an airline and 14 of those 20 years was with IATA. What are your priorities now as the global head at the world's Apex Airline Industry Association? Something that personally as the head of cargo that you would want to achieve, uh, I don't know, as long as you are the head of uh, global cargo at uh, at, at IATA? So I, I briefly touched on the the, the three priorities, uh, which we have, the three key priorities. Uh, we have a number of other areas, which those underpin. I think from from my perspective, it's, it's to make sure that uh, we can we can deliver value for the industry. So in, in terms of not just having a priority, not just having a work plan, 
but delivering on them and then measuring uh, how successful those those initiatives are. For example, in in, in the safety space uh, on, on the lithium battery issue, we challenge the governments. We really need to make sure that they address uh, the concern across the supply chain that they uh, oversee and regulate correctly. And, and we address the threat from undeclared dangerous goods. From my perspective, we need to make sure that the governments actually do that, right? That the, it's, a, it's a strong call to action and, and that we, we make sure to the extent of our abilities that they actually go ahead and, and, and implement change to those regulations. You know, you took up this position right in the midst of a global pandemic, which has affected the aviation industry most. Uh, how challenging do you think uh, your role is going to be in the days ahead, uh, even as the COVID pandemic continues to play havoc in the aviation industry? I guess the, the positive spin on this is that air cargo has been a, a bright spot for the industry throughout the pandemic. Uh, in, in 2021, we expect that uh, air cargo revenue would, would represent about 30% of, of airline revenues, which is 12% or normally we have about 12% average for, for airline revenues. So, so cargo is this, this real bright spot. For me, one of the challenges that we, we retain that relevance uh, within the airline industry. Uh, we we know, uh, especially those of us who have spent quite a lot of time in the industry where we've sat uh, when it comes to CEO decision-making, board-level decision-making, and this pandemic has, has thrust cargo right into the spotlight for good reason. Uh, it's a vital partner in the in the fight against COVID-19, moving around vital goods, uh, but also from just connecting communities globally. And so it is challenging for sure. Uh, no doubt that we we are not, uh, the, the airline industry has has some, some tough times ahead, but from an air cargo perspective, it's a it's a great opportunity and a great moment in the air cargo industry to be able to to really move some initiatives forwards. From the 14 years uh, in IATA, heading various programs uh, to the current role as the global head of cargo, how do you look back and put to use the wealth of experience uh, in your current role? I've learned a lot from either running initiatives, little projects, uh, delivering programs, or or, uh, uh, or or whatever it was. And, and for me, the, there's there's two key things. One is the need to prioritize. I think that's most evident in in the environment we're in today. Sometimes there's this desire to do everything uh, and to take on every every piece of, of of work. But I think now more than ever, we in the industry need focus and we need to to deliver with uh, with priority. And the second is is collaboration. Uh, you know the for me, the best solutions come from where, where parties come together and, and they design them. So really striking that balance between the need for small, agile, quick decision-making, uh, but big global partnerships uh, in order to actually get things to roll out globally uh, and scale up quickly. Brendan, it's a fact that uh, IATA was without a, a formal head of cargo, global head of cargo for almost five months. Uh, and there is a certain amount of unfavorable uh, public perception about uh, why there was no such uh, leadership uh, position, such strong leadership position not being filled. Uh, what would be some of your uh, actions in terms of to deal with such uh, such public perception and how do you how do you intend to respond to some of those? I mean, from our perspective, right from the very beginning, Nick Kareen, our senior vice president, stepped up. He supported the work uh, of the, the cargo team. And I think if we just look back at what progress was made during this period, uh, the, the, the first parts of the pandemic, as well as, as when, when we didn't have a named global head of cargo, uh, that's a real testament to, to the, the strength and depth of the, the cargo team and the industry that is around that. Uh, if you look at the vaccine preparedness and transportation guidance, how many stakeholders came together uh, to develop that transport a cargo on passenger aircraft, crew license and exemptions, the training uh, 
changes to the training regulations, guidance on the dangerous goods side for COVID-related uh, medical equipment. Uh, all of this is, is a testament to, to the kind of work that, that's really done. And in terms of response, my response is really, we're going to look back at the what it is that we're delivering. Uh, and as long as we continue to deliver things with with value, um, then then you know I think anything that uh, that is, is maybe a little bit negative will, will go to the wayside. You know, and and from my view, I'm I'm really open, uh, and I, I I like to hear from people. So if there's something that we 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 need to look at, we need to focus on, have a conversation. Let's let's talk about that. Make sure it fits the priorities, and let's deliver. Brendan, you are also the voice of the industry. You got to be a lobbyist. You got to be a facilitator. Uh, you got to deal with uh, become representative of uh, of an airline cargo industry uh, in key uh, industry organization, Fiata, Tiaka, and other regulators. Uh, what kind of preparation are you doing to become a voice of the industry? That's really something I've been doing for for quite some time. My my first role with IATA was actually on the dangerous goods regulations, uh, together with with uh, one of my colleagues. Uh, still went to ICAO, went to the United Nations, uh, understood how uh, these various organizations function and, and and what it is, what do we need to do in order to communicate with them. I think one of the biggest challenges that we see is that at the moment we can't meet face to face, we can't meet as as much face to face as we want. And and while we've been able to show an incredible amount of progress while working remotely and and and, and and all of that, that there are clearly some topics, some discussions which are best had in person, solved in person, um, and and that is obviously going to be a challenge uh, to to overcome. Other than that, you know, this is something that I've been doing for for quite some time, speaking on behalf of of, of segments of the industry, engaging with people. Really starts from from listening and then collaborating, and then as IATA, we can develop uh, programs, work plans, and start delivering where that makes the most sense. IATA Cargo is also expected to fill in some key leadership positions. Uh... For instance, a special head of special cargo. When do you when do you expect to have such key positions filled in? So for the head of special cargo, we're actively recruiting for it. We're just about in the final rounds, and and, and we should be able to announce pretty quickly. Uh, all depends on the individual situation as to how quickly they'll be able to uh, to, to to step up and, and start that role. And that's pretty much true of, of of all the positions that we're we're actively recruiting for them. And Brendan, will you continue to hold your position as head of e-commerce and cargo operations, or will you be looking at uh, somebody else to take up that position? Uh, well, as the global head, uh, and because e-commerce and operations are, are, are key and, and vital to, to IATA's work in the industry, uh, I'll continue to oversee this. Uh, we have a really strong team in operations and e-commerce. So we'll take a look. We'll make sure that we're, we're, we're still, like I said, fit for purpose, that uh, we'll evaluate everything, um, and that all of that work remains very, very key and very important to the industry. And, and then we'll be in a position to say what we do exactly with the, the, the role. In the last 18 months of the pandemic and in the last uh, few months, we have really seen the supreme focus on the cargo across airlines uh, around the world. Uh, thanks, unfortunately, to COVID. Uh, uh, what has been your conversation with Cargo Advisory Council and heads or CEOs of cargo at airlines and and what are some of the thought processes what are some of their suggestions to, in order to make sure that cargo continues to be on the spotlight the first thing we did with the cargo advisory council and which i extended to a number of other ceos and, and and continue to do was to look at the priorities one make sure they're the right priority make sure the objectives that are linked to those are correct they match the expectation of of uh, those individuals um, so that they can use that in their discussions with their uh, with their boards and also verify and, and, and check, did we need to change our direction or focus our attention in any one area or another? The priorities that I mentioned are 
absolutely key for the industry. And that means that we can now continue to uh, develop either the standards or we can encourage the adoption where the standards are already complete and really begin to progress the industry down those uh, priorities. Okay, now my next question is on to, the, on to the safety and security, and this is related to the dangerous goods transport, particularly lithium battery shipment. Uh, what's your vision for the industry, which is supposed to be implementing much stronger regulations and uh, penalties to control safety rule violations uh, involving DGR and lithium battery shipment uh, being a major cause of dangerous instances at airports and uh, within aircraft? How can we either completely eliminate or minimize such instances? Well, so first we start off with safety remains aviation's top priority. There are certain aspects which are shared amongst the supply chain uh, where airlines, shippers, manufacturers work really hard. They establish rules and frameworks that ensure that lithium batteries or other dangerous goods can be carried safely. They're only effective as rules uh, when they're uh, followed and then if not followed, enforced. And it's really in those cases where we need stronger uh, governments um, step up, where, where we need the regulators to actually take responsibility for stopping the rogue shippers, rogue producers, rogue exporters uh, from, from injecting these into the supply chain. It's a bit of an ongoing issue, but regulators really need to do their part so that airlines and the other segments of the industry continue to do theirs. In addition to that, we're also looking at other key areas. For example, we look at supplementary fire protection, how that can assist the industry uh, in, in managing their risk, as well as you know incorporating changes to the safety risk management frameworks uh, that might exist. So I think we need to kind of break it out into uh, the, the right pieces that the, the regulators focus on better oversight and penalizing and criminalizing those who purposely violate the regulations, uh, the airlines, shippers, forwarder community, that we can look at minimizing risk, managing what risk remains. Are we anywhere close to penalizing them, making this as a criminal action? Uh, because IATA is still a, a facilitation body, it is an industry body, it doesn't have the teeth to enforce it, but you can only persuade uh, stakeholders to make uh, changes and amends. Uh, how close are we to uh, make sure that uh, these rogue elements, these rogue participants in the air cargo supply chains are actually punished for their crimes. Up until now, it's been quite disappointing that the governments have not stepped up. In some cases, it's not even the aviation regulator. We're looking at uh, beyond that into other entities of the state. And and really, I can say that it's, it's, it's disappointing we haven't uh, achieved enough traction on that front. Um, and so one of our roles is to look at how we can do that, how we can either further the discussion or perhaps use another approach. Uh, but really focusing on not only the aviation regulator, in some cases, it's not inside their jurisdiction that we have these issues. Uh, and and, and look at other parties uh, who might be responsible. To what extent do you agree to the fact that uh, the proliferation of the e-commerce uh, is also a cause of uh, something like this? Cause contributor uh, in terms of uh, volume. So e-commerce represents uh, should represent a little over 20% of air cargo in, in 2022. Uh, a lot of what is e-commerce will be electronic goods. Uh, it allows for significantly more connectivity, more, more potential shippers. And so for that, we need to make sure that the e-commerce marketplaces, e-commerce retailers understand what the aviation regulations actually are. And uh, we have a, a code of conduct that we're developing together with a number of them. Uh, we want to make sure that it's something that is robust, that people can actually implement so that they can actually educate their shippers, which is sometimes not the case. Uh, but certainly e-commerce has the potential to be a contributor. Uh, it definitely adds complexity to the situation when it comes to managing risk.
Okay, on to your next top priority, which is sustainability goals of IATA, or to or to be completely carbon neutral, uh, be on line in line with the with the climate uh, climate change and the climate goals of uh, sustainability goals of United Nations and the world. Uh, how do you think, and what are your plans for uh, to make IATA achieve its sustainability goals? Uh, any any concrete steps that you are looking at? Well, as you mentioned, so sustainability is a key priority for the industry as a whole. That's aviation beyond just air cargo. We look at uh, energy transition to sustainable aviation fuels. That's still taking longer than we would like. Uh, but in, in other cases, more operationally, we look at electrification of ramp vehicles. Um, and, and from our perspective, we're committed to putting sustainability at the core of everything we do, looking at all of our standards and what contribution they make to, to global sustainability. In terms of concrete steps, sustainability is not the kind of um, not the kind of goal that you you do alone. Um, sustainability is and, and collaboration on it is is critical, in particular for air cargo. When we look at things which are perhaps outside that straight aviation uh, emissions question. Um, and so for that, we're looking to strengthen our partnerships. We have a number of MOUs with certain parties. We may explore some other ones so that we can actually begin to deliver on, on some of these areas uh, that extend out into the supply chain where it's not just an airline, but you're looking at an airline and their partners, an airline and their customers, examples being things like plastics and, and, and waste in processes, as, as well as digital transformation and the efficiencies that those bring, which in turn uh, translate to, to overall sustainability. Okay, on to your uh, third priority, which is the digitalization and which has become so central to global trade and commerce. And uh, the pandemic has only accelerated the pace of digitalization uh, all around, also in the air cargo industry which has been extremely slow in adopting uh, digital transformation. Uh, IATA One Record is a great example of how IATA wants to change the rules of the game. Uh, how do you intend to perceive this goal? So for me, the one of the first things is that we need to reinforce the mindset change. And some of this occurred during the pandemic, right, uh, where we, we simply refused to touch paper. And some of this is, is something that's hap been happening for quite some time. But the industry needs to be agile. It needs to be cooperative uh, and connected globally. We've been driving a digitization uh, effort for, for, for many years um, you know, around air cargo. We've had e-airway bill. We should reach um, 100% by the end of 2022 for, for e-airway bill. But building on e-airway bill is where we have one record. It's that, it's that mindset change that essentially you need to have fully digital, um, not just operational practices, but really connect all of these elements together, really digitize the entire uh, process from from an organizational perspective. So I think the industry needs needs to embrace the mindset change that's uh, that's in front of us um, and not roll back to things which may have been comfortable in the past. You know, using paper in 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 one part of the process just because it's 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 easy. Where right now we have a a great opportunity where we've removed much of it. We've digitized many of our practices. Uh, we've we've removed certain aspects of the way people. Uh, support the operation. And, and for me, we need to capitalize on that and move it forwards and push it the rest of the way through the organizations uh, and the industry. Brendan, now, when you look at the numbers coming from cargo volumes handled by different airlines, uh, of course, it's a bright spot. That's your, that's of, everyone knows about it. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a person working in the air cargo industry for the last 20 years, when you see these numbers, all of a sudden, uh, we see the hours as a spot of cargo really getting the limelight or the spotlight. Uh, how do you look at those numbers and uh, what kind of thoughts do you have and uh, 
do you expect that uh, cargo is going to play a significant role in airlines uh, revenue even when the passenger aviation gets back to its uh, pre-COVID levels? I really do. I mean, I look at the numbers. I look at what's happening in the global supply chain in general. I also look at what's happening in the e-commerce space uh, more, more specifically. And, and these are all really positive trends for air cargo. Uh, use an example, we see a number of different airlines who, have, who, are, who are moving down the path of, of, of freighters, right, to, to increase capacity. Um, adding freighters to your network is not a six-month or, or one-year approach. This is something you, you take a long-term view on. And, and the the numbers that we see, the trends that we see in in, in supply chain generally, are are ones that indicate that air cargo um, is is um, sort of very resilient uh, and and adaptable when it comes to what happened here, which was which was an an extreme shock to the to the overall economic situation. Brendan, if I were to ask you, what will be the biggest, or what could be, or what is the biggest pain point that you're dealing with as a global head of cargo to, to really get the industry on your side uh, with the vision that you have set or with the vision that IATA has set? What is the biggest pain or biggest uh, headache that you would uh, you would have to deal with? We remain as a as an industry. We remain fragmented, and I think uh, one of the biggest challenges is is going to be make sure that we collaborate on the right things. I understand that we remain a, a fragmented industry, and, and we'll try and fix aspects of that jointly. Um, and there are others where we might agree. We'll just leave that topic alone. It's perhaps not going to contribute to our key priorities. We can we can circle back to those. That's not an easy thing to do. Like I said, sometimes there's this this uh, goal that we should take on everything, uh, do everything that we uh, that, that that gets thrown at us. But if we can focus our our agendas uh, and and focus on those our key priorities, I think we will get collaboration and uh, really up to up to us as an industry to do so and and start uh, tearing down a few of those silos that uh, still remain. Okay. And the last question is, uh, what is the decision on the IATA WCS? scheduled for October in Istanbul. Will it take place as per the plan? Do you plan to have a hybrid version of the event? Uh, I'd love to have a crystal ball and tell you exactly what's going to happen. What we're planning for is a face-to-face -face event with virtual elements added to it. Um, so we call that hybrid in, in, in our world. When I look at the travel restrictions, we look at the vaccine rollout progress, um, you know, things are quite optimistic. There's clearly a lot of desire in the industry to meet face-to-face. -face. So I'm, I'm quite confident that we're in a position to move forwards. We continue to monitor the situation and we are building a virtual component. Um, and I think the virtual elements are, are here to stay. They're, they're great. They, they add reach to messages. They, they help people connect in ways they never would have before. They don't replace face-to-face -face interactions. So I think we need to get back to that as soon as it's safe to do so uh, and, and, and reasonable to do so. So that's, that's the, the progress that we're making. Take a look at the agendas. Take a look at the content. It's lots of people want to, to, to talk and meet and discuss on, on these uh, areas in particular. Um, and, and so without a crystal ball, optimistic that we're able to hold one. Um, but for me, it's, it's first, uh, can we do it safely? And, and then, you know, is, is it reasonable? Will people be able to attend um, and, and get all of this um, networking and content? Brandon, it was such a pleasure talking to you and uh, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to uh, speaking to you maybe face-to-face -face the next time. That was Brandon Sullivan, Global Head of Cargo at IATA. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.